How's everybody doing this morning? Good? How, how was everyone's first night at camp? Is it good? Yeah? Uh, anybody want to share any highlights? Was there anything great that happened? Funny? Bad? Any? Oh, I hear some laughs. Not, no one wants to share, though? Yeah, in the back. Wait, sh- sh- Wait, say that again. I can't hear you. Oh, that was rude of them. Oh, was it nice right there? Was a spider? Was it a big spider or a little spider? No, anyone afraid of spiders? I don't really like spiders that much. What else? Any any other highlights right there? Wait, shh. Did you what in his sleep? Oh, like a loud snore. Interesting. Interesting. All right, all right. Hey, well, I prayed last night for you guys that God would use our time together, that he would open your eyes so that we can begin to see more clearly for what God has this weekend. And uh, uh, who, who remembers our theme verse? Anyone remember it? Anyone want to come up and share the theme verse with everybody? Right there. You got your hand up. You're confident. Come on. I think this this should be worth like extra points for this team because he's got the guts to come up and share. All right, what's your name? Weston. All right, Weston, share it with us. All right. John three sixteen and seventeen. For God so loved the world, He gave His only one, His one and only Son. He gave for whoever shall believe in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son to condemn the world, but to save it through Him. Give Weston a hand, yeah. Good job, Weston. Weston, what team are you on? Sky Blue. I want Sky Blue to get some extra points. I don't know if I have the power to say that, but uh, but that would be nice. All right, all right. So here's the deal. Everything that we're going to talk about for the rest of our time together is going to come back to that verse, all right? Everything we're going to talk about, we're going to be breaking down this verse. It's going to all come back to that scripture right there because I told you guys that that is the gospel just a few lines. That the whole Bible, the whole gospel of Jesus can be summed up in that scripture right there. That for God so loved the world so much that he sent his one and only son that whoever would believe in him could have eternal life. That God didn't send his son to condemn the world, but that the world would be saved through him. And here's the deal, guys. If you leave this weekend and the only thing that you understand more clearly is this scripture, I think you're going to be in a good place. Because that is the gospel. That is the message of Jesus. So what we're going to do today, we're going to break down John 3, 16 and 17. And this morning, we're just going to start with the first couple words. You guys ready for this? Here's what it says. For God so loved the world. That's, that's all we're going to talk about today. For God so loved the world. But, but that leaves us with a couple questions. All right, there's a few things that we need to talk about. Number one, who is God? Who is God, right? That's the, if we want to understand what John 3, 16 and 17 mean, we have to understand first, who is God? The second thing is this question, is why does God so love the world? Why does he so love the world? Right, I'll take a wild guess here and I'll say this. None of us have probably ever seen God. Anyone disagree? Anyone ever seen God? Yeah, yeah. Hey, if you've seen God, I want you to come talk to me after because I want to hear all about it, all right? But I bet that none of us have ever physically seen God, his person, with our eyes. But I think that all of us have some idea 
some, some, something that we see God as, right? We all have an understanding or a picture of God in our mind. Now, I can remember being a kid, and my picture of God has kind of changed over the years. When I was a kid, I, I viewed God more as this, like, superhero, and so I would lay in bed, and, and I can remember praying this prayer because what I understood about God was I, I kind of knew the story of God and, and, and Satan when Satan, like, wanted his power. This is how I remember the story. Satan wanted God's power. God didn't want him to have his power, so he sent him down to hell, and that was that, all right? That's how I understood God, but I wanted God's power too, and so I would lay in bed, and I'd be like, God, man, if you could just give me your power, but not like all of it, because I don't want to get sent to hell, but you, you could just give me some of your power, that would be awesome, I'd be super happy with that, or, or I would lay in bed, and I'd be like, God, if you're real, turn my light on right now. You guys ever prayed that prayer? Anyone ever prayed that? And I would pray that because I just wanted to know who God was. I wanted to see some physical signs of who God was. And as I've grown, my, my image, my view of who God is has kind of changed. But the truth is that there's people, there are people that we do life with. There's people in this room today who have distorted images, who have distorted view of who God is. We don't understand completely who God is. You want to know who God is? You can look at the scripture. Scripture gives us an incredibly clear view. It tells us who God is time and time again. We get to see pictures and images and these stories of God's character and who he is in the way that he loves us. Scripture describes God as this. He describes him as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, that before there was anything on this earth, there was God. Before anything ever existed, there was God. Jared said it, the uncreated creator, right? God has always been, and he will always be. And after there's nothing, God will be there too. In the beginning of the scriptures, the first verse, it says, In the beginning, God. Communicating to us that before there was anything, in the very beginning, God was there. God created the heavens and the earth. So we know two things about God just from those few words. Number one, that God has always been. Number two, that God created everything. We want to know who God is. Those are two great attributes of God that he will always be. God is omnipotent. He is forever. God is the creator of everything. And then we get down in the creation story. We know that God created the heavens and the earth and the animals and the plants and all of this stuff. And in verse 26 of Genesis 1, it says this. And God said, let us create man in our image according to our likeness. Verse 27 says, so God created man in his own image. He created them in the image of God. Created them male and female. So on the first page of the Bible, we get a glimpse into those two questions that we asked. Number one, who is God? God has always been, God is forever, God is the creator of everything. And then I asked, why does God so love the world? Why does God so love the world? And it's this. When, it, when he's talking about the world, God's not like some naturist. Or, I, I mean, he might be. God creates everything and he loves everything. But when it's talking about how God loves the world, it's not talking about how God loves the rocks and the trees and the plants. And, and that's not what he's talking about. But when God so loves the world, he's talking about what we see in verse 26. It says that he created man in his own image. So when scripture talks about God loving the world, it's God loving you and me. Why does God so love us? Right? But he created us in his own image. One of my favorite hobbies I love to build things. I love to create things, uh, working with wood and building tables. And I build these. 
American flags, and I, and I like to create things. And I take pride in, in, in what I do. I take pride in the work that I do, and, and if somebody hires me to build something for them, I would never give them something that I wouldn't want in my own house. Right? I would never give anybody something flawed, something not perfect, something that I didn't commit myself to building holy. And in the scriptures, when God creates everything, after every time he makes something, he creates the heavens and the earth, and he says that it's good. He created the animals, and God says that it's good. And then we get to verse 26, and God creates man, and he says this, it is very So I don't know what it's like to create another human being, all right? I'm not there yet in life. I told you guys my girlfriend was going to be here, but she's in the back. She's awesome. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. But that's Brent. Brent, can you wave for us? She's not waving. That's my girlfriend. Just side note. But I don't know I don't know what it's like to be a parent. But what I've heard from all of the parents that I know is that the moment their child came into the world, their understanding of what it means to love shifted their understanding of what it means to love and to care for somebody completely shifted when they created something and it's in their image. And this is the way that God loves us. And that's not a, that's not a complete view of who God is or, or why God loves us, but I think that we all kind of have an idea, we kind of have a foundation of why we, or what we know about God, right? We have an understanding, kind of a foundation that's been laid about who God is and why He loves us. So we're going to kind of shift gears and we're going to talk a little bit more about a story in the Bible. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. If you don't have a Bible, run to the back real quick and grab one. We have those available for you. Matthew chapter 16. starting in verse 13, all right? Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. This is what it says. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? All right? So here, a little context for you guys. The Jewish people have always been waiting for a Messiah. The whole Jewish religion is built on this waiting for the Messiah, waiting for the Son of God to come. All right, and they know that it's going to be the Son of Man. And so Jesus goes to his disciples, these guys that he's been walking with for a year, probably a year and a half, it's closer to two years at this point. And he says to them, who do, you, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And the question is that he's asking is, who do people say the Messiah is going to be? And here's what, the, here's what they respond. They say, some say it's John the Baptist, and others say that it's Elijah. Still others say that it's Jeremiah or another one of the prophets. And then Jesus asks them another question. He says this, but you, who do you say that I am? But who do you say that I am? We see Simon Peter confesses, and he says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. But if I were to ask you guys that question this morning, who do you say that God is? What would you say? Now, I want to hear some, if, in one word, describe to me who God is. Okay, I want to hear some answers. Father, holy, 
miraculous. You guys can just shout them out. Love, God is love. God is immutable. I don't even know what that word means, but creator. It doesn't change. Okay. King. Yeah, yeah. Omniscient. Yeah. Love. God is love. Right there. God is protector. Give me one more. Savior. All right. So here's the deal. The word that we would use to describe God says a lot about how we see God. In one word, I asked you to describe to me who God is. And the word that you choose says a lot about your image of God that you have in your mind. The Huffington Post did a survey, and they asked their readers to pick just one word to describe God. All right, so I pulled that. I want to read you guys these answers, starting from the 10th most common down to the number one most common answer. Here's what they said. These are the top 10 words that the, the Huffington Post readers described God as. Number 10 is omnipotent. Number nine is fiction. Number eight is non-existent. Number seven, almighty. Number six is imaginary. Number five is amazing. Number four is creator. Three is awesome. Two is everything. And number one is love. But you can see there's a mix of responses here. And this wasn't this wasn't just Christian readers. This is people all over who read this magazine. They ask them, describe God in one word. Maybe when I asked you guys that question, maybe some of you guys didn't share your answer. So many of our answers were good and, and, and were accurate about who God is, but maybe what you were really thinking when I asked that question was something not so good. Maybe your answer was not that God is love. Maybe your answer was that God is distant. Or maybe you feel like God isn't real, or that there's no way that God could be love. If we're being honest, I think some of us do struggle with this picture of who God really is. And I've heard it. How many of you guys have heard the saying, God is love? Anyone ever heard that before? Yeah. Now, that's not something that people have just made up. That comes from the scriptures. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, it says this. The one who does not love does not know God. God is love. God is love. And then in John 3.16, it says that God so loved the world. See, that the name of God is often attached to that word love. You read in Scripture that, that love is a part of who God is. Love is, is all that God is. You guys understand that, that God does not exist apart from love. And love could never exist apart from God. The two are intertwined at their innermost being, that they can never exist apart from one another. God is love. It's who God is at his core. The truth is, is that without knowing God, we can't truly know what love is, right? Or if, we've been, if we have experienced love, we may not have connected it, but in experiencing love, we're actually experiencing God. There's a lot of us in this room this morning that do really, really struggle to believe that God is actually love. I'm sure that there are those of us sitting in these seats today who say there's no way God is a God of love. Right? God, if God was a God of love, there's no way that God could forgive what I did last week. 
There's no way God could love me through that. We struggle to believe that God's love comes without condition, right? But there is absolutely nothing that you have to do to earn your way into God's love. That it stands there with its arms wide open, ready to embrace you, no matter where you're at, no matter what you've done. That some of us struggle to believe that God is really loved and that he can love us in that way. We wrestle with the idea that there's a God who claims to be love but allows bad things to happen in the world, right? I mean, if God really loved me, why did my parents get divorced? Or if God really loved me, why did my mom die? Or why did my dad die? Why did my girlfriend dump me? Why am I not doing good in school? Like, we have all of these questions. If God really loved me, why would he allow these things to happen? These are questions that I've asked myself. Why did my best friend's dad and my uncle die at 39 perfect health? When we see these things that happen in the world, and we begin to question how God could truly be a God of love in the midst of the mess that this world is. But I find comfort in this. If God truly is who the scriptures say God is, truly is eternal, if he is omnipotent, if he is omniscient, if God knows everything, God is really love. And I have to understand that God sees things different than us. Just try to understand this. Sometimes we try to compare our understanding of the world and the way that things work, a very, very limited understanding vision and understanding of a perfect God. And what we think make when what we think makes sense doesn't line up with what's actually happening, we begin to ask those questions. Why, God? Why did you let this happen? How could you really love me if that happened? But this is what I take from That if God truly is what the scriptures say that he is.
God's fighting for you. And even when we don't see it, God is working in the midst. That in the mess, God is working. That in the fight, God is working. That when you feel like you're losing, God has already won the battle. But our circumstances remind us what it looks like. As we're talking about what it looks like to see God more clearly, it starts with understanding who God is. God is a God of love. God loves you so deeply. I don't think that there's a parent in here who would be willing to give up their only child to save you. But God loves you so much that he sent his only son. That if you have the faith to believe in him and who he is, that you would not have to spend an eternity apart from Jesus. That's how much God loves you. person. 